einer neuen Folge von The Canadian Wants to Know. Ein Podcast für Englischlernende in Deutschland, der kraftvolle Geschichten und anregende Fragen nutzt, damit ihr auf unterhaltsame Weise eure Sprachkenntnisse verbessern, vertiefen und festigen könnt. Hier ist euer Host, The Canadian George Robledo. Hi Julie, and welcome to my podcast. Hello, it's great to be here. How are you? I am great and really, really excited to have you here. The reason I asked you to come on the podcast is because I was on your blog and then I found all these really, really interesting articles and I said, oh, I would love to talk to her about that. No, maybe about that topic. So I finally decided the topic I want to discuss with you is rest. Do you know how we can translate that word into German? Mm, now you're asking me, you're catching me out, aren't you? <laughs> How would you translate it? Um, Ruhe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe, may, maybe we can say Erholung. Maybe would that work? Because it's Possibly. kind of connected there with recovery. I don't mm -hmm. know. Yeah, I like what you're saying, actually, that mm. you're really connecting one of the reasons why it's so important for us, which we'll dive into, that it's not simply a case of doing nothing, But actually, yeah, I love that you've connected that word recovery. There's something attached to it. There's a, an outcome from it. There's something important about it. Yeah, that, uh, that's why I love the German language. Very specific. <laughs> yes. Very, very specific. The word rest doesn't tell me that much. Erholung is stronger. It's a nice yeah, word. We need a whole podcast to talk about what rest is in English. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But we can start today. Yes. So can you tell me about the different types of rest? Mm. So yeah, I'm so happy we're talking about this topic. I think it's something that comes up a lot when I'm working and a lot just generally in conversation. And I just, I'm really excited to share some information that and research that I found. Um, and a lot of work has been done by um, a doctor Sandra Dalton-Smith, and she was a person that really differentiated between sleep and rest. We often think they're the same thing, but they're not. And she identified um, seven different types of rest. So it's not just sitting on the sofa. There's much more to it than that. And so She really created these seven types of rest. And let me just share a little bit of each one of those with you. First of all, you know, we, we need different kinds of rest, not just one kind of rest. And so the first one would be a physical rest. That's the one probably we, we associate with the most, that we relax, that we, you know, slow down, that we, you know, stop running around and doing stuff. Um, And that can be a more passive activity like sleeping. Um, but it also could be through activities that are really good for our health. So a physical rest could be doing something like yoga, you know, or having a massage, something like that, where um, there's still an activity involved, but it's really good for our physical health. So not simply doing nothing or sitting around, but actually could be quite active as well. No, I really like that you say that. Uh, I train five days a week, so mm. I work out pretty hard five days a week. And then on the weekend, mm -hmm. I don't like to completely sit around and do nothing. 
So what I do on the weekends is I do a lot of stretching. Nice. And I call it active rest. Yeah. I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah. So you're not you're not at the gym or you're not running or you're not doing that, but you're still moving, aren't you? But it's a different kind of pace, it's a different kind of exercise. Exactly. It's not the same intensity. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I feel like my I still have to move my body. Yeah. I don't actually feel rested when I sit around all day. Yeah. I think if you do anything to more than moderation, then you don't really feel the benefit. Sometimes it is tuning in. You know there's times where you just need you know, a sofa day, a Netflix day or something, or a duvet day as we call it. Sometimes you just need to really put your feet up and not move. We have those days. But I think those tend to come more when either we get physically sick or we are just really quite burnt out. You know, that's other ways when we're, we're going too fast, too hard. But if we put in regular rest each day, I think we don't need those longer days of doing nothing. Yeah, that is a good point. But I find society, we're, we're about the extremes. Mm. So we either go too hard or there's just too much nothingness and sitting around. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How do we find that balance? Yeah, it's important, isn't it, to figure that out. And you're absolutely right. I think this is one of the reasons I love talking about this is because we are in a society that really rewards busyness. You know, we like to be busy. We work long hours. We kind of reward those behaviors. And many of us are are led to believe that not working all the time or not being busy all the time means, you know, the opposite, that you're doing nothing. You're not being productive. And I hope by the end of this chat, we will change some of that perception. So we'll go into the, the reasons, won't we? Yeah, I read that during the pandemic, we ended up working longer hours. Mm. I read that something where I'll have to look for that again, but that workers working from home ended up doing more hours for the company than if they had just gone to the office. Yeah. So people would work in that time where they may have commuted before. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people felt, well, I'm at home and I'm not doing anything else. So I'll just do the work. And I think a lot of employers also expected people to do stuff thinking, well, you're at home. What else are you doing? So, yeah, I saw that too, that people actually worked longer and harder than they did in the office. Quite the opposite of what companies feared would happen. Yeah. But um, I think also what you will also notice, I'm sure this is what you're finding if you're if you're meeting people who are, are, are living this way, is that we're heading towards burnout and fatigue and um, lots of very unhealthy physical and emotional health responses. And so something's got to change. It's, it's not working for us. No, we're not, absolutely. We're not meant to, our brains aren't meant to work 24-7. We're not meant to physically do all of that. You know, we are designed to have rest and it's important. Yeah, I, I tell people, you're not a human doing, you're a human being. Mm. So sometimes you just have to be there. Yeah. You don't have to actively be involved. But this is something I have to remind myself. I'm self-employed and I work from home. I can always work. I have a very long to-do list. There's always tasks that I can be doing. And I have to remind myself, George, it's time to stop. Uh, Because or else I'll continue. Mm -hmm. And little by little, I'm trying to create more balance there, but it's hard. 
it's hard to set those boundaries, isn't it? And give yourself permission to stop. Um, so yeah, this is what we're going to talk about today. Maybe you can lead the way. So we, we talk about this physical rest. What mm. comes next? Well, there's also the mental rest. Like I just said, our brains are not meant to be thinking and analyzing and problem solving 24-7. And we're pushing ourselves and we're getting a lot of mental fatigue. And so it's important. Probably one of the most important things is that our minds are always busy. We're always thinking, as you say, there's that endless to-do list. There's always things to think about things to sort you know and like in our prefrontal cortex we're always thinking that's the analyzing worrying overthinking part of the brain it's incredibly important to give our brains a rest throughout the day to to switch off to give it time to recharge and recalibrate that's why like there's research saying that monday mornings are the most productive time of the the week because the belief is because we hopefully take a break at the weekend and you take a bit more rest and therefore your brain is recharged. It's been recalibrated and therefore you're rearing to go again on a Monday morning. Um, it's important that we do things that just let our minds settle and rest for a few minutes each day. So how would you recommend, like what would you recommend someone do in order to get that mental rest? Well, actually, the, there's been some really great research out this year, in fact, that talks about daydreaming, which is going to throw that in the mix there, which might be like, what? We're talking about going from being super busy to what daydreaming. But let me use it as an example. Um, like I said, when we're in that overthinking, analyzing, or perhaps worrying part of the brain, you know, it's hard to switch off. When we do activities like letting our minds wander, um, it, it moves the attention of the brain into a different part and it switches off that overthinking part and it gives it a bit of a rest. So things like meditation, things like daydreaming, having just a few minutes of silence has been proven to be highly effective. You know, it doesn't even have to be, you know, half an hour or an hour. Even two minutes has been proven to be highly effective. There was a piece of research in 2006 that showed that just two minutes of sitting in silence was more effective in reducing stress than listening to music. So things like that, or getting into like what we call a flow state activity. So those are activities that take a little bit of concentration and that your, your, your focus is upon and, you know, we would call it being in the zone. Yeah. You know, if you've been on like a computer game or something and you're just in the zone and you lose track of everything else, that's what we want. And so that can be anything like anything uh, like chess, jigsaw puzzles, any kind of sports, you know, Tai Chi, yoga, everything like that. Anything that um, just takes a bit of concentration. So those kind of things could be really useful for just taking a couple of minutes of, uh, of brain rest, of emotional rest. Yeah, I really like what you said about silence. Mm. I struggle with silence. Mm -hmm. I, whenever I work, I work with music. Mm -hmm. I need, like, I feel like I need music in order to get into that state, that flow state. And without it, it's just, I feel kind of weird. I'm like, oh, I, I can't, I can't do anything without music. But I, I, I probably need to train myself 
to just turn everything off and, and just sit and breathe. Yeah, I think many people struggle with silence. I think many. What do you think that is? I think it's uncomfortable. Mm. I think. I think for many people, when you're in silence, you're then with your thoughts. And generally speaking, people often keep very busy because then it avoids having to think about things. And so I think it could be hard to sit, you know, and perhaps emotions come up or thoughts come up or it just feels quite strange or it just feels unproductive, like we've said. And of course, many people do find like having background noise or having music on makes them more productive. There's a huge link between music and productivity. But a lot of research has been done too around the benefits of silence. And actually people are more creative and more productive and have better concentration when they have silence rather than background noise. But I say everyone is individual. This might not be your thing. Perhaps for some of you listening, being in silence does not appeal to you. And that's okay. Um, there's different ways to um, take that mental rest. But it's worth exploring it. I'm, I'm finding the research really fascinating on silence and just, yeah, just having a little bit of peace. I think for me, I used to, I used to be like you. I used to have music on all the time, but now maybe it's because I have a child where there's constant noise. Um, they say that a lot for, as mums, we get a lot of um, sort of mental fatigue from it all in emotional fatigue and um, a sort of a sensory fatigue as well happens as a mom or a parent. I'm just talking from my own experience here. But for us, when you have children, there can be a lot of that sensory overload. And so, yeah, I know I crave absolute silence at times. So what do you tell mothers that are in that situation where, yeah, the, the, there's always that overload of, of noise mm -hmm. and an activity, how, how can a woman or mother find that rest and that like silence? Well, I really resonate with the, it's really hard to get a minute of silence. I do know that. And depending on the age of your children as well, it does vary. I think first and foremost, just recognizing this actual phenomenon of a sensory fatigue that, that parents have. And particularly if the woman is at home as a caregiver, then, you know, that we do get overloaded. I know I get really by you know, seven o'clock at night, I'm just like, okay, quiet, <laughs> too much sound. Um, I think, yes, it feels very difficult to carve out a space for yourself when you're a parent and to find even a little bit of silence. But those moments do exist. Um, you will find me staying up late on a Friday night, even when I'm tired, just to have a little bit of quiet time in the house. But the things that we'll talk about today, most things I teach about, the tools that are really good for our mental health, for our happiness, for our well-being, they're not time-consuming. So like I just said to you, the evidence about just sitting in silence for two minutes can be useful, can be beneficial. A lot of things that we do can just be two minutes, three minutes, five minutes. The research is showing us that just those few minutes is 
absolutely plenty. Of course, having more time would be better. But if time is short, those little pockets throughout the day actually are very helpful. That's a really good point. To be more intentional about creating it, because what I find is, okay, maybe the the child goes to bed now, but then I turn on the television and that's another sensory overload. Mm -hmm. Or if the child is playing in the park, then I'm I'm on my phone. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen that as well. So how can, yeah, maybe people need to see what are the benefits of actually doing this, right? Because I can tell them, okay, if you do this, right, this is good for you. But what are some of the benefits if, if they actually are intentional about creating silence? Well, on that really um, physiological level, um, a few minutes of silence, even the minimum of two, will lower your blood pressure, will lower your cortisol levels, the stress hormone lower anxiety so immediately you are beginning to trigger more of a relaxation response rather than a stress response so you will feel calmer you'll feel less tense you'll feel more relaxed it gives you just a moment to pause and to breathe we're very reactionary in our days and in our lives and so being a bit more proactive in that and creating just a little minute of space really helps us just be in the moment and be present and be mindful and just, yeah, just relax a little bit, just hit pause, you know, just for a moment. And so you'll find that perhaps your your mind will stop racing, um, your brain will slow down a little bit. And what I find and what, what mums tell me is that they just feel calmer and more able to carry on. So it's just like a little reset button. You know, it, it's it's hard work being a parent. It's hard work being with a child 24-7 and we're human beings. But having those little moments throughout the day, that little bit of self-care just allows us to recharge a little bit in order to continue. And I think you'll find that you will be less irritable and a bit calmer in your responses. And if you're happy, baby's happy. I think so. And this is what I tell uh, the mothers that I work with. If you are in a good state, mental, emotional, physical state, then your family can also be in a good state, right? But if you're just running, like your battery is running low, then that's you're not going to be able to give the best of yourself to your family. So by taking care of yourself, you're taking care of your family as well. Because sometimes they feel selfish, it's, oh, no, if I do this, it's it's only, no, I have to be there for my children. Like mm-hmm. They feel like they're being selfish when they take time for themselves. What do you think about that? I think it's very common. Um, I hear that happens more with women than with men. Men generally seem to be able to compartmentalize sort of work and parenthood. Women generally seem to feel stressed if they're, you know, if they're not with their kids, then they should be. And when they're with their kids, there's all the other things that they have to do. And so um, we're often pulled in many directions. But your your analogy is completely right that really to me, anything we do that takes care of us, anything to do with self-care, it isn't a luxury, it's a necessity. And it's important because when I rest, when I look after myself, 
I'm the best version of me when I do that. And when I'm the best version of me, I'm a better partner, a better mom, a better friend, a better podcast interviewee. You know, I'm better all round. And there is a ripple effect, you know, when we're in families or in communities and groups, you know, we radiate out. And if we're stressed, that gets radiated out. But when we're in a good place, when we're happy, when we're content, when we're feeling calm and balanced, then that ripple effect moves out and it affects all of those around us. Oh, I'm very conscious about how my mood can influence the people around me. So if I'm stressed, I sometimes I'll, I'll try to like take a deep breath before I begin a lesson with someone. It's not their fault. It's not their fault that I'm having a difficult day. So I have to try to give the best of myself. But sometimes it's not possible to kind of have that moment to think about it. So then we just react, like you said, Mm -hmm. right? So if the mom is stressed, then she will react in a, in a irritable way towards the child. And that will create like that ripple effect of irritability and stress in the household. So Mm -hmm. um, healthy moms, healthy fathers, (laughs) healthy homes. Yeah. And of course, you know, it's, it's not that you'll never feel irritated or annoyed, of course, but there'll be less of that. It won't be as frequent. And I think we can also diffuse situations more quickly when we're taking care of ourselves. So yeah, it definitely has a big impact. And as I say, it doesn't have to be big periods of time. We're not looking at another thing to add to your to-do list. It's just creating tiny pockets of space in a day that will help you feel better. Tiny pockets of space. I like that, the (laughs) way you worded it. Can you tell us about creative rest? What is that? Mm. So creative rest is, is like getting out into nature. It's like, it's allowing yourself that space to restore your creativity. So when we're tired, when we're stressed out, that's where we lose our creativity. If you think about it, if you ever had a problem to solve or you're, you're trying to come up with an idea or you're trying to word something, a letter or something, or maybe, you know, a report or an article and you go for a walk, isn't it amazing how your brain kind of makes these connections and you kind of figure things out? And so that creative rest is just giving yourself that space where your brain can ponder a problem and you can become more creative. Or it can be that you also do something that's a bit more creative in itself, where you you aren't busy, but you might be doing something that you enjoy. You might be sitting knitting or, you know, doing some woodwork or whatever kind of craft or project that you like to do um being creative is using different parts of your brain again and it's still doing something productive but in a very different way from maybe the rest of your normal day so yeah it's really important to find those spaces that tap into that creative part of you i think i see so many people that are very very creative and i think we are creative and our own unique ways. You know, some people have the obvious skills of, you know, being a good painter or a sculptor or, you know, can, you know, make 
amazing, you know, clothes or something like that. But I think we're creative and we express our creativity in lots of different ways. And so finding, you know, projects to do that. It could be, you know, printing and framing family photographs and putting them up, you know. It could be anything. But um, just finding those spaces to be creative and tap into that um, is, is a very powerful form of rest. Uh, for me, it's writing poetry. Mm, oh, lovely. It's something I've been doing for many years. Now, not as frequently as as when I was uh, courting my wife. <laughs> <laughs> but it's something that to me is therapeutic. Mm-hmm. To sit down, to write down thoughts, feelings um, in, in a certain structure. That, and, and I get a, a kick out of it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's something that I've had f- since I was in my teens. So it, it's been very helpful for me. I don't know if there's other people who want to write poetry as well, but <laughs> it's what works for me. It's beautiful. I mean, anything that's, yeah, for you, well, language and words are so important to you, but this is a different form, isn't it, that you express yourself. It's different from running your business or talking to people all day. So you tap into a different form. And I think many of us are much more cerebral in the work we do. Most of us have mental jobs, don't we, that are mentally exhausting. Not everyone has a very physical job. We do far less manual work now. So tapping into that creative side is often often doing things with our hands. You think of like gardening, you know, and being with the earth and and that kind of work. You know, these things are incredibly therapeutic and it's great to tap into that side of ourselves. So that was creative rest. What Mm. about social rest? Mm. What does that imply? So sometimes it can be quite tiring being around people, but I do think many of us enjoy and get invigorated by spending time with the right people. So having time with friends, having time with positive people, uplifting people. Um, There's nothing nicer than maybe, you know, going for a coffee or having a a glass of wine or a beer or going for a meal or just, you know, hanging out with good people that you just have a great conversation. uh, They're really positive and you come away going, oh, that was just a great time. I think those kind of activities where you may be resting and taking it easy but you're around the right people. Um, it's it's so important to spend time with positive and uplifting people in your life. I've been thinking about that a lot lately, about the people in my life and how that has influenced the trajectory of my life and where I am today and who I am today. And it's it's night and day. Like mm. Who I am as a result of the people I'm with is very different to the environment in which I was in when I was back home. And it's like, whoa, if I had not come to Germany, who would I be? And I like the German George. I like the person I am here. So I'm just very grateful that I found really good people that we can say like took me under their arms and say, hey, George, come, Mm -hmm. let me teach you something Mm -hmm. or let me give you a piece of advice. And, and I'm just so very grateful for that. So I, I see the power of having the right people in your life and the consequences when we don't have those people in our lives. How do we find them? 
or or how do I become that person for someone else as well? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so important to to make those connections. As human beings, we're really built for connection. And um, yeah, it's not always easy. You know, you and I are both expats over here. And, you know, that's when you really see that, oh, you've got to go out there and meet people in a different way. You know, it's, you know, at the same school or the same university or something. You really got to actively go out and meet people, don't you? And um, yeah, but I moved here. I was very proactive in, in reaching out and meeting people and going places. You do have to often push yourself out your comfort zone a little bit. And uh find those opportunities. And I think today it's it's in some ways, you know, quite easy to meet people. There are so many great groups and platforms out there where you can go and rock up to anything that takes your fancy, you know, anything that you enjoy. There's usually a group around it. And that's where you can find a lot of like-minded people. So I love what you said about, you know, the people you've met along the way and how that's taking a trajectory to to Germany, you know. I think if we reflect back in our lives and think of the people we met and, you know, what that led to, what opportunities opened up because of that, you know, it's quite fascinating if you sort of track, you know, where relationships end or friendships disappear and where you meet other people and where that takes you in the world. So, yeah, know. I find that it's very much tied to my destiny. Who mm. Who is in my life will in some ways determine my destiny Mm -hmm. so it it is a very important decision about who I allow into my life and the types of relationships that I develop and and nurture Mm -hmm. over time absolutely absolutely it's a really great way of looking at it and explaining it yeah the people you invite into your life will take you on a certain path so you know it's great to include all those people that are going to cheer you along and support you and encourage you with everything that you do yeah i i I can go on for hours there's i've had a really beautiful life and i've met so many great human beings along the way Um, so now for me i have this sense of gratitude how can i pay it forward like how can i be that person for someone else um, that encourages motivates inspires the next generation that comes behind me to say, hey, you know, you can do it. I'm here, whatever you need. Because uh, so much has been given to me. Now I just have this sense I want to give a little bit back. And maybe that's part of why I have this podcast. Because I want to share a little bit of what I've learned. And I want to talk to people like you who know a lot. <laughs> and can also pass it pass it on. I think you do that in, in your work and in your podcast already. And you'll do it every day with the people that are in your circle and you're the kind of person where, you know, you'll have random conversations and make different connections. And um, I think we underestimate the reach that we have as individuals. We often feel like, you know, what can one person do? But I do believe in this sort of ripple effect. And we do, in lots of different ways, affect the lives of people that we don't even know about. So you are already doing that. Whether you consciously want to create something that helps the next generation or I think you're already doing that in a myriad of ways. I hope so. I hope so. Can you tell me about the final piece, which is spiritual rest, which, yeah, I don't think we talk about about this enough in today's society. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, 
we can have conversations about well-being and, you know, we think about our physical health an awful lot and here we are talking also about our emotional health too. But I think whatever spiritual rest means to you, for some people that will be a faith, be practicing a religion, it could be prayer. Um, but I'd extend that to a, a little bit wider and, you know, it could be anything like meditation, anything that really is invested in you on a different level, not just like, well, this is good, you know, for my physical health, but, you know, really taps into that third dimension and yeah, whatever that is that you need to make space for, um, whether it's connecting again with people, being in something more organized or just doing something for yourself. For me, it's every day I do some self-compassion meditation and that just really is about my own, you know, personal development, my personal growth. It's really about nurturing myself. And that's what I would do every day for the spiritual rest. What I've, what I've done is I love looking up at the stars. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder. Oh man, you're very tiny, George, but you are so lucky that you get to be here and witness this. I don't know. It. I. I would call it a spiritual experience. I don't know. There's. I don't have words for it. It's just like to know that it's not just you. You're not the center of the universe. There's just something more. There's something beyond you out there. That's what I get when I look at stars. I love that. Yeah, stargazing or daydreaming. Those kind of things are just uh, good for our soul, isn't it? And just. Again, everything that you talk about, George, is about just pausing and reflecting. And, you know, I hear a lot of gratitude in there as well. And just, yeah, just being sort of present and in the moment, which are all great things for our health and well-being. I also think about serendipity. Mm. Like I think about how I met my wife. I was just walking in the university and I saw a girl walk by and I said, hello, what's your name? <laughs> and it, it's like, what? That decision changed the rest of my life. I'm not here if I don't say hello to that girl that one day that was walking by me at the university. It's so great. Like when I think we can call it a coincidence, but I'm like, it's more than a coincidence. Mm. It's more than a coincidence. So I feel like there's also something spiritual in that. Like these moments that change the direction of our lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about that too. Of course. I think we do ponder that. You know, I, I said yes to a wedding in Romania as my friend's plus one. And that's where I met my partner. And now I live in Germany. So, you know, these, these random opportunities that come our way, you know, can just set us off in something completely different. Yeah. And today, like, I cannot imagine my life without her. Nice. I'm like, no, I, I, I need this life, like this option, right? Because many other options were available, like in terms of where I would be in this moment if I had taken the left. But I'm here and I would not trade it for anything. So I don't know if I believe in fate, but there's something happening. Something is happening there. And I don't know how to put it into words. Yeah, I mean, I do believe we're in, we're in control of so much. And, 
you know, I think all the work that you've done on yourself and who you are and who you were at that point, you know, you went for it. You, you took that opportunity and you said hello. And I think that's amazing. But yeah, there's also this sort of, this almost randomness of it. You just at that moment of that time and a huge campus, you happened to walk by her at that point, you know, like you probably walked past each other hundreds of times before that. Who knows? It's quite incredible, but it was just, you know, the right time. I think so. Thank you so much for your time, for your thoughts, for your, I will call it wisdom. Can you tell us a little bit about your happiness club? Mm, yeah, I'd love to share that. Yeah, I'm really passionate about happiness um, and what, what, what it is and how to get it and how to maintain it. So I run a happiness club. Um, it currently runs once per week, every week, and we're online. And we have women from all around the world join me. And every week we talk about a, a topic related to happiness. So some of the things we've talked about rest, we've talked about daydreaming and silence and lots of different things. And I just love that even though it's women from all around the world and we have different upbringings and cultures, uh, we all struggle with the same thing. So it's wonderful to come together and talk about it. And so, yeah, I really enjoy it. And would love to invite any of you to come over and join me. We have a, a Facebook group called The Happiness Club. So if you come in there, you can see where it's posted and you can join me live to have a discussion every week. It's, it's, it's fantastic. I absolutely love it. I love it. It's a highlight of my Monday. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So I will leave all of those details in the show notes. And I encourage you all to, to take a look at it and, and consider joining the Happiness Club. Thank you so much, Julie. Thank you. My pleasure. It's been lovely to talk to you today. That was my interview with Julie. I don't know about you, but listening to Julie speak is very relaxing. I hope you all find time to rest and slow down. I want you to be happy and healthy, so it's important that we prioritize our mental health. I'm interested to get your answers to the following question. What can you do to get more rest? If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with your friends. If you want to support the podcast, consider leaving a tip. I published an online course to help Germans correct their most common mistakes in English. You can click on the link in the show notes for more information. That's it for this episode. Also, bis nächstes Mal.